This is Robert Marglacci, Chief Digital Publisher of the Mindshare Learning Port, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian EdTech. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Dr. Guy Tetro. Dr. Tetro is a graduate of Oise University of Toronto. He taught in French and as a second language and uh, French immersion and was principal of five different uh, school districts in Alberta and Saskatchewan and was an educational consultant for Alberta education for seven years, as well as a deputy superintendent at Red Deer School Division and superintendent of, and most recently, Dr. Tetro is the director and CEO of SunWest School Division, where he's been for the past 10 years and now approaching almost 50 years in education coming this September. Dr. Tetro is an award-winning pioneer of online learning. We first connected at a conference um, in Alberta at the Online Consortium many years ago in Edmonton. Thank you for joining me this afternoon, Dr. Tetro. You're welcome, Robert. You're making me feel old. Well, I guess it's a state of mind, I think, uh, of the growth mindset and the notion of lifelong learning that's kept us uh, pretty passionate about what we do. And uh, I should mention this podcast is brought to you by C21 Canada, uh, which Dr. Tetro is one of the founding members. I don't get uh, the honor of interviewing a seasoned veteran like yourself very often. And uh, you come with immense uh, knowledge and expertise uh, with almost 50 years under your belt, literally. Uh, how does it feel right now? Well, I guess my, my mind doesn't let me go to that point. I don't think I'm done. I think uh, I will be uh, retiring from SunWest, uh, effective June 30th of this year. And then uh, I'm sure I'll be then looking for another adventure in education, but I don't, I don't see myself shunning it down at this point. A new chapter, perhaps. Let's reflect for a moment over the years and, uh, you know, in terms of innovation in education, I think we've seen tremendous amount of change. There's been a lot of things that have stayed the same and you had mentors along the way and you've been mentoring. Um, and there's been a whole transformation around online learning. Uh, we know you're very passionate about, about that. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a while. I, I guess as far as the online or goes that would really uh, have come in when when we started using the internet uh, i know back in i think probably about 1994 um, we had uh, one of our teacher i was principal in, in a k-9 school at the time and we had one teacher that was really into technology and he kept talking to us about the internet and none of us really knew what the internet meant or was and he was telling us how it worked and well, we were pretty skeptical. <laughs> so one day he invited all of the staff into his room. To, he was going to show us how the internet worked, and we got in there, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> so we all left the room kind of saying, sure, sure, Joe. But uh, the next year, um, 1995, uh, we started in Alberta. Um, I was involved with uh, Greater St. Albert Catholic Schools, and Bob Holger was a principal of a of a junior high there, and, I, and he and I started uh, the first cyber school in Canada, and within uh, a very short period of time, we had over 1,200 students from four continents uh, involved in, in uh, 
online learning. So that started for us in 95, and we've learned a lot since and made various uh, uh, headways, I would like to believe, since that time. And uh, it's pretty exciting if you look at what's happening today. Let's touch on what inspired uh, the cyber school at the time, because, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I, I think the biggest thing at that time, Robert, was that many of us were continually searching for ways to help students learn. And uh, no different at that time, we had some students where coming to a, a regular brick and mortar school wasn't a great experience for them. And so once uh, we had access to the internet and we were able to uh, bring students online from their homes or if they were into professional sports or whatever, we were able to uh, still provide the education they needed, yet uh, they didn't have to be with us in the classroom. So I think that's what started it. And once we got going, we realized uh, how many other students that we could uh, get to that normally just having the one mode uh, being coming to the brick and mortar school, uh, this just widened those horizons and allowed us to help many more students. Now, do you think that being a smaller, more nimble district has its advantages versus the larger school divisions in big cities? Well, definitely, it's 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 a lot uh, a lot harder to to move a, a large bureaucracy or the Titanic. Uh, so, the smaller the system, certainly the more nimble it is. Uh, however, uh, the old adage of "build it and they will come" has to be employed. And I think that's uh, how a lot of creativity and innovation happens is somebody uh, doesn't wait to receive permission from a a government or a ministry or someone else. Uh, You just go ahead and you have an idea. You're grouped with other people and and you try the idea out and away you go. And the ones that uh, work, uh, fantastic, you build on them. The ones that fail, you learn from the failure and then you you move forward. And so... uh, that that's key to innovation and creativity. And uh, luckily, we then have, you know, uh, researchers that will come along and research what we've done when it sounds like it's been successful. And the researchers then allow more people uh, access to the ideas. And uh, I've always enjoyed being on the cutting edge and the one that's the doer and the builder, and then uh, having others examine it later. Fascinating. Now, uh, previous minister of education in Ontario once said that sometimes you got to break the rules, uh, to be innovative. Um, and, uh, you know, as long as you don't, uh, put yourself in jail, it's a lot easier, um, to move, uh, instead of waiting for the system to change, to, uh, change at the grassroots. Often it's not necessarily breaking a rule. It's rather moving into an area that has no policy development. When we first started uh, the the uh, partnership online school uh, in Alberta, the ministry didn't know what to do with us because there were no policies about an online or a cyber school. And so I'll give you an example. So we had two school divisions running one school. So there was a regulation in Alberta at the time that every school has to have a parent council. Well, this school, we considered it as one school, but it's being driven by two different school divisions. 
So first of all, the ministry said, well, you, you need two parent councils. And, and we would say, well, no, it, it's one school. It's being run and operated by two divisions, but it's just one school. So it, it's just the policies didn't fit. And so as we developed and, and started these new initiatives, um, bureaucracies like ministries of education uh, scramble to try and develop uh, procedures and policies that will uh, eventually allow it to, to happen without somebody saying you, you can't do that. So rather than breaking the rules, you're just trying to, you're coming up with things that hadn't been thought about and new policies have to be developed to fit within them. Fascinating. Let's touch on the Alberta Online Consortium. Uh, I had the pleasure of attending uh, one early on some 20 years ago, and um, there, that's where we actually had the opportunity to connect. Well, initially, uh, we had the first cyber school, and Alberta Education had had a correspondence school, and uh, you know what they called their distance learning at the time. And they had divested themselves of it and given it over to a school division to run. And the school division uh, was out of Barhead, Alberta. And so they, they began um, updating and, and doing what we were doing. The only difference was is they were getting extra money to do it. And the rest of us that were, were now um, developing and operating these cyber schools were not getting any extra money. So it was my idea to uh, uh, get Ralph Helder, who was in charge of the Alberta Distance Learning Center at the time. Uh, I got him and, and someone from Calgary Board, myself, and I think there was one other one, there were four of us. And we started the Alberta Online Consortium. And uh, my reason for doing that was I was hoping to be able to get at some of the extra money that the government of Alberta was providing uh, Barhead for for this. So that was my reasoning. My reasoning to get Ralph Helder in there because he was running the ADLC is I didn't want to be seen as trying to do something behind anyone's back, but let's gather the people who are interested in this and then see if we can't uh, start uh, providing professional development for each other and really communicating to the rest of the world as to what we were doing. So one of the first things we did once we had the, the um, Albert Online Consortium set up is we decided to start running a professional development annual conference that we ran out of Edmonton. And so in those first years, that would have been what you were talking about, Robert. Uh, it was the only one in the country. So we were getting people from across the country who were listening to us and wondering, what what is this online education and where is it at and how can we get involved? And so the consortium really went after uh, business and industry partnerships, trying to bring grants in for us to provide professional development to all those who were, who were uh, uh, striking off into this cyber world. The Distance Learning Center that you pioneered uh, with your current district, maybe we can talk about Pebble, the uh, personalized electronic blended learning and the inspiration around um, this concept, and I, uh, you've written a book uh, with your colleagues on how innovation happens. Well, I, th I think for, um, for some of the reasons that, I guess, pushed us into what we now call uh, personalized electronically blended learning is, is we wanted to try and um, provide um, more student engagement. We wanted to get students much more involved in their own learning. 
uh, and we we were really pushing that. We we adopted right away C21s, seven uh, Cs, and felt that those were the 21st century skills that all students were gonna, were going to require in order to compete in the world economy. And so, based on the history and and the learning experiences that we had made since '95 in 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 developing and and improving online learning. Uh, we we took that into all of our schools. So when I arrived here in SunWest uh, ten years ago, we had three teachers that were involved in in uh, synchronous learning, putting out uh, real time broadcast to some of our smaller schools. But I had really gone through the experience in Alberta of of having gone that route initially, but then having really uh, kind of moved on from synchronous and moved into the flexibility of of, uh, of asynchronous programming so that students uh, had more flexibility about when they would get into this or when when they wanted to work when they didn't want to work and and the ability to, to do that at any time any any day uh, we had learned already that there still needs to be a fair amount of supervision uh, for students that are concentrating mainly on independent learning or on online learning. So we had developed a model that had uh, instructional aids or assistance that would be placed in each one of our schools and, and trained by our online distance learning center of how to support and, and supervise the students that were on independent learning so that they were a key link, communication link between the online teacher and the student. Uh, and that's that that's key. So as Ontario talks about uh, mandating uh, online programming for students in order to graduate, one of the um, uh, pieces of advice I would give is you can't just say, well, students have to have online, take the online and, and there you go. I think you have to, there's all kinds of things that need to go into the preparation for such a, a venture. Uh, one is having excellent online programming uh, and using the, the, the technologies of the day and, and helping uh, online teachers develop excellent programs. But the other one is having people, uh, adults, uh, helping supervise in, in all of your schools and, and provide that communication link to the online teacher, no matter where the online teacher is. So that we learned that uh, fairly early in our development um, in the cyber education. And so now in SunWest, every one of our schools, has uh, EAs helping. Uh, combined with that was the work of the, you know, the book called Blended. Um, we we took that that book and and really looked at okay, blended learning. What is blended learning? Well, it's really taking uh, good teaching aspects and using them in the classroom. So sometimes it's face to face with the teacher. Sometimes it's project-based learning or inquiry-based learning with the students working together in groups. And yet other times it may be students uh, working on an online course or on an aspect uh, using technology on different aspects of a course they're on. And so bringing all of those things together allowed us to really shift what educators have called differentiated instruction uh, for a long time. Like we've always talked about, man, the best way to teach a classroom of students is to differentiate your instruction. And we've tried, you know, really hard at uh, coming up with different ways to do that. Uh, we now call, <clears throat> really, the, the term today is called personalized learning. And uh, really, what it, 
what is personalized learning? It's differentiation on steroids. What are the steroids? The steroids is technology. And so if you can incorporate uh, good uses of technology, you can actually move uh, further into personalized learning from what we used to call differentiated uh, instruction. So that uh, the classrooms today, if, if they're into this, uh, into trying to get students much more engaged in own learning, look very different from what most of the classroom experiences most of us have had. There's, there's, there's no more rows involved. There's different kinds of seating in the classrooms. There's students uh, finding where, uh, where they work best and how they work best. And you have uh, teachers that have, have had to become activators of learning. And so uh, as some of the research that we found in our Shifting Minds research in C21, uh, <clears throat> really we, we just grabbed onto that term activation of learning. And uh, you, yeah, so the, the, the two things that are required to uh, be successful, first of all, students have to be able to self-regulate. So you have to work very uh, meticulously on giving kids those kinds of skills. And then, then the second one is changing teaching pedagogy and, and getting teachers used to, to not thinking they have to be the sage on the stage or even the, the, the um, you know, guide on the side. They need to be activators of learning get students much more involved. And with today's technology and all of these things blended together, it's fun to watch. Uh, because when you're you're trying to innovate, you really need to think outside the classic box, whether if, uh, you, you know, a corporate organization or entity or, entity or a school district in order to be more nimble. Yes, often to get... Um, some teachers, you, you've got early adopters, and and you don't need to do anything with them. They're just they're just looking for something new to do. But many of the other uh, teachers are they need to be able to touch, feel, smell, uh, and see something in action before they're really going to want to commit to it. So our, our a big part of our professional development, as you've mentioned, Robert, was uh, taking groups of of uh, stakeholders, we would also involve our school trustees, uh, division office administrators, school administrators, and teachers, and we would go visiting uh, places that were talking about innovation, talking about you know blended learning, talking about personalized learning, and wherever we could find stuff, we went and looked at it. And then when when you came back from a trip like that with with numerous people, you your relationships are stronger because of the trip you just went on, but then you've got people excited about trying something new and then talking to their colleagues when they get back into their schools. So uh, that, that professional development and getting out of your own shop is uh, pretty important in the early stages. A process, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you're very strategic in bringing your senior team up to speed uh, through professional development exposing them to other learning environments and other jurisdictions is is extremely important. Uh, it is, as I mentioned, it's a process, it's a journey, if you will. And uh, based on your uh, reflection, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, let's be candid uh, about, about Ontario, you know, part of the labor disruption currently is because of the government's desire to implement uh, uh, four online courses uh, for high school students. Uh, by the time they graduate, uh, they backed off to two. Uh, I always felt it made sense to experience at least one in preparation for the next level. 
whether you're going to college or university, but uh, let's, um, you know, let's, uh, what, what are your thoughts in trying to implement within the next year in a massive system where you have hundreds of thousands of high school students and very little time or opportunity to be methodical in launching um, this online jersey, uh, journey? It's not uh, as though it, it already exists. Uh, there are various forms of online learning. Well, I think you have to be flexible because if you're going to convince students to be engaged in their own learning and you want them um, making a lot of the decisions around their learning, uh, you have to break up your curricula so that uh, it is understandable by every student. So what we've done is we have every outcome in every subject, kindergarten through 12, on a digital resource bank. So a student, no matter what grade they're in or what subject they're thinking about, they can go into the digital resource bank themselves. They can look at the ICANN statements that have been written uh, in their language, and then uh, we ask them to get involved in their own learning. So the first thing we're going to ask them is, how do you want to show or display to your teacher that you have mastered the outcomes that you're working on? And so that, if you're doing that, it's going to be significantly different depending on which students you're talking to. Some students need the face-to-face -face and the teacher is going to be working with them. That's fine. But many students, you know, some students are going to say, I'm going to do a video of this and then I'm going to provide you with a video that will hit all of the outcomes in this course or in this, in this unit. And that's how I'm going to do it. Someone else is going to want to still wants to do a, a paper and pencil exam, fine. Another student wants to lead a project and show that all of the outcomes have been met through that project. Yet another one will want, in a co -op, want to work in a co-op program outside of school uh, at a business or in industry and, and display what they're doing there. So there's no one way, I think, that needs to be focused on. It has to be flexible, and you have to allow students to have a voice and choice in, in how that will happen. Thank you for that. How important is research in all of this? How important is it uh, to invest your your time on and um, return on achievement is a phrase that I coined many, many years ago because it really is not about money. It's about uh, the return on achievement. Well, there's no doubt that um, research is important. Uh, it is it is really important in trying to disseminate information to the masses about someone's project that has made a difference. So if you wait for the research and data before you start, you're not going to get there. Uh, so you need the entrepreneurs and the innovators to set up new projects and new ways of learning you need that to happen, but then you need the Fullens of the world to come in and do the research on them. And where the research comes out to be very strong, that will help uh, really push those kinds of learning uh, uh, outcomes and those kinds of environments that have been invented that weren't in place before to the masses. So research is key at that, at that side of things. But the innovation and creativity is the one that probably needs to come first. Uh, and then, then let's research it and find out how we can embellish it. And then that will allow us to push that information out to the rest of the world. So the drivers are really integral when you're implementing this new way of learning. And if you're thinking you're going to save money as part of the process, 
What are your thoughts on that? Well, certainly, for a, a, there are opportunities to um, to be more efficient with your staffing, uh, because if you're if you're using uh, personalized learning and you've got a lot of digital supports and online programs and online online pieces, uh, typically a teacher can handle much more. Uh, then they would be able to on their own without any supports. So you might be able to decide that all of your classes are going to have 30 students in them, but each teacher might not be teaching all 30 students. They might be teaching 18 of them or 22 of them, but some of the students will be working independently. Some will be working in groups. So by having the, the online as a support, you're going to be able to be much more efficient in your staffing. Fascinating. Let's look forward into the future for you as you come to the conclusion on your tenure of 10 years at SunWest School Division. You know, you uh, you won the Shifting Minds uh, C21 Award as a result of your collective efforts of the district in moving the system forward, as well as a couple of initiatives, um, including the Online Learning Center you built, uh, and kudos to you for that. How do you feel about your successes and as you reflect on the last 10 years and what's in store for you in the future? I think what we, what we continue to learn is that we don't know a lot. Uh, and as time goes by, there are just so many more opportunities and alternatives that we need to embrace and try and do something with. Uh, we're, we're starting, finally starting in education to realize that we need to promote many more partnerships with business and industry than we ever have in the past. Uh, in the past, business or industry was almost a swear word in education circles because we felt that they were about profit and we weren't about profit. We were about building a whole child. And I, I think we got to get over that and we've got to look at the opportunities that, that exist uh, one of the huge um, challenges before us today is the health and well-being of students and staff. And we've just, for example, developed uh, an online wellness course at the high school. We're now developing them at the junior high. But we're working with business and industry who, who have the same problems with their staff. Uh, and so we're looking for ways to use the technology that exists today, but then to try and do supports around wellness, for example. That's one example. There, there are so many examples that we're, that we're getting involved to, into now that uh, I would just like to be able to uh, continue at least looking around and uh, dabbling in some of these and trying to help some of these partnerships get established and, and uh, move forward again uh, with the ability to get more students uh, involved in their own learning and, and support more, more teachers with the, uh, the projects and, and supports that we develop. Thank you for that. Who inspired you, uh, your growth mindset, and how you've uh, nurtured uh, your leadership team? Uh, I mean, that's, you know, going forward, when you uh, think of your legacy, the biggest challenge that I've seen is where seeing principals and, and superintendents um, uh, depart and, and things fall apart. I no doubt believe that you've uh, left your mark and, and through your mentorship uh, to allow for a smooth uh, transition um, so that your you know, programs continue. 
I don't I don't think things have changed necessarily that much in that regard. The one word that jumps out that really makes the world go round is relationships. And so we all have to realize that we can never ignore that word. That is what what makes everything run. So when you're looking at a system, then you need to have teams established so that relationships can be established within those teams. And then a role like mine is is more to try and establish risk-taking environments where you have teams that have already developed their relationships and now they, they believe you and that it's okay to go out and try something and learn from your mistakes. So the risk-taking in an environment that's filled with relationships and teamwork, uh, that's that's always going to be front and center, and we can never forget about that. With that, I thank you so much, Dr. Tetro, for your time uh, this afternoon and your insight and sharing your passion and vision for, of education in Canada and nurturing future leaders on a global scale. Uh, I suspect uh, we'll be having a couple more conversations before you wrap up perhaps a series uh, uh, on your reflections. Uh, how does that sound? Thanks. Thank you, Robert. I guess uh, it's a little nerve-wracking thinking that uh, I won't be uh, in this position here in three or four months, but I, I have to think I just have to continue and, and just find more ways to uh, stay involved. That was Dr. Guy Tetro, the director and CEO of SunWest School Division, Saskatchewan. My name is Robert Mardalachi of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out www.mindshare.learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep. <laughs>